Welcome back, everyone, to a Mindset Medicine podcast. I'm Catherine Lucadu, and I have a wonderful guest today. And here's what we're going to do. This is going to be like we're sitting on an airplane and we're getting to know each other for this first time because uh, we haven't had a formal conversation. I believe we have been in the same rooms many times together, but never actually sat down to talk to each other. So I am with a really incredible man. And I think rather than giving a very formal introduction, I am going to let him unravel the many stories that he tells because he is an excellent storyteller. And um, you're going to get to know him just like I am. But what I do know of Sammy Knight is he is an incredible leader. He has uh, built businesses over the last, Sammy, would you say it's 30 years, 40 years? Uh, about 40 years. 40 years. So here we have a man who is going to be full of knowledge, full of wisdom. And I do hope that you turn up the volume and listen to these nuggets of wisdom that he is going to share with you because it is it is just how business is done. It's not going to be theory. It's not going to be textbook. It's going to be on the ground and how it's actually worked. So thank you, Sammy, for joining me this morning. You bet. Thank you. What an honor. I'm sorry I was a tad late. I was wrapping up something that lasted just a second longer. So my apologies. I'm actually driving. So please forgive me for the road noise if that uh, was to come in on. Yeah, I'm I'm not worried about anything. We're chill over here. You know, I and that's why I don't actually send questions or any of these things ahead of time. I like it to be a conversation where we're getting to know you because that's really what I want. I don't want the Sammy behind the business. I want the Sammy who built the businesses. I want to know who you are. I want to know what what got you to to where you are today. How did you start in this world? Tell me, as a child, what were you like? Uh, you know, as a child, I was very shy. Uh, felt uh, I just always felt like uh, I had I had a little bit of an inferiority complex. And as I got a little older, I realized that if I didn't find a way out of that box, it was, you know, obviously that way forever. But if I didn't find a way out of that box, would I be able to reach whatever uh, opportunities existed for me at the full potential? So I started uh teaching myself how to break the ice with uh, humor and uh, I'm, I'm a little bit of a cut up. Uh, a lot of people will tell you that I'm famous for one liners and you know, um, a lot of people will tell you I'm just a smart ass and I come <laughs> back with a smart ass comment, but yeah. uh, so I started breaking that and, and I'm, I'm sure many people have, have done this before, but uh, if I could ever get a laugh, I felt like I was welcome. Right. And yeah. So that's kind of how I got out of that shell. And it's also how I met my wife as a 16 year old. Uh, I was always shy. Didn't really uh, do a lot of the dating stuff. And yep. uh, I met her uh, one night with my mother, knew her mother. And I was uh, cutting up and she laughed. And I was like, hey. I like her. Didn't even know her name, but I like her. Right? And she thinks you're funny, so you're off to a good start. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you bet. 
and uh, been with her now uh, be 50 years this coming May from that day and uh, married to her for 44, so I'm soon to be 45, but I'm a very blessed man. And, and if I had to say the, the greatest single accomplishment in my life, uh, it's her. Right. And, uh, is it, it her or is it the, 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 the fact that you have managed to figure this journey out together for almost 50 years? Because here's, you know, I've been married uh, 28 years and I know that. Thank you. But it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a journey. It is not easy. I've, you know, we got married in a different country, then we moved back to Canada here and so much goes on in between. And so many people want to give in and give up when things get really, I mean, tough and hard and, you know, shit's hitting the fan, but, but you don't. So what do you think it is that has managed to keep you together for this long? And I know we can say love and these things, but truly, what do you think it is? Well, uh, the obvious part is if you're going to be married, you, you better understand the definition of compromise. Right. And you better understand the fact that sometimes you don't always win, but as long as both of you win together, yeah, you never lose. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say the, and I tell, tell this to everybody, I would say the reason for our longevity is, um, and I didn't always do this. I did it at first, and then I came back and started doing it again because I was working all the time, but I just thought that was my responsibility to work, her responsibility to raise our family. But uh, I, I think our success is built around the fact that we date each other every day. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I hear of date nights, and I hear of all the various strategies to keep <laughs> things in your marriage and all, yes. but, um, we, we do, we, and, and it's, it's having coffee with her in the morning and, yeah. and it's sending her a little text while I'm out and about, you know, it's not having a formal, let's go out to dinner and all that. It's, it's just making it important. And, yeah. uh, so that, that's our success. The other thing too, is my wife, part of, the reason I say she's greatest accomplishment, she's also key to my success is I always knew how solid the foundation was when I came back to her, when I needed her, Yeah, you know, when I came home, uh, I just, I knew where strength was always. And that never changed. Yeah. And she never wavered through the challenging time. She was always that solid form of strength for me and uh so you put all those together and I'm, I'm a very blessed man but that's the reason it's lasted the way it has in my opinion you know i would 150 percent agree with you you know i had never I, I lived in europe for 16 years that's where i met my husband and you know there's no there was no thing called date night there was no anything the way that we spent time together because when we were there, he was working three jobs. I was working three jobs. We had, you know, two kids. How on earth, right, do you do you do that and and still manage to stay together? So what did we do? Well, 
his family owned a flower business and sometimes they would need him going on deliveries in the evening. I would hop in the car. I would help him deliver those flowers. Last night we were laughing. He had to go and put a radon machine in a house. <laughs> like, hey, let's go and I'll buy you a Sunday at McDonald's. <laughs> you know? And I was like, I am the cheapest date out there. <laughs> but this is what it is, right? It's not these formal date nights. It's just finding that time where you just kick back and um, and just, you know, chat about the day or, you know, seeing how they are. So just forget when you first you were dating, there's a reason for that. There was nothing that interrupted a date. And so why do we allow it to change? And we do. Just remember, you started dating. If you'll stay with it and end dating, it helps tremendously. Yep. Yep. Well, okay. So on that note, then why don't we pivot into a bit of business? Because I think you likely have brought the way that you have managed to stay married for 50 years into your business. And, you know, the key there that you said about marriage is having that really solid foundation. Would you say that that's how you started business? Did you understand that at the beginning when you started? And, you know, feel free to tell us about any of the businesses that you've owned or own and how that's run for you and how that's changed maybe over the years. Um, I, I will say that in the business side, I learned in the early days, the most valuable asset we had was people. Yeah. And so I put most of my energy in people, so, you know, whether it be, uh, senior leaders in the early days that, kind of acted like they took a liking to me and I just became a sponge and just sucked everything out of them that they had to offer so that I could, as I grew and had became senior leadership and ownership and all that, I could do the same thing in return because I know the value that it made, it gave me. Mm -hmm. And when someone took the time to help me be better and I did it and I was better, it must work. So I'll pass that on to other And I, I'm just a, I'm a simple kind of guy. I don't, you're not going to hear me come up with some Pythagorean theory or something like that. I'm going to, I'm going to break things down and make them extremely simple. And I'm going to use real life situations to relate them to so that it's easy for people to understand where I'm going. Yeah. And, uh, but, but what I did in business and I would say is once again, the, the foundation of my business fast is people and the, mm -hmm. but uh, the importance of it, you know, look, it wasn't always give. Sometimes you gotta be a big disciplinarian that, get them, uh, get folks straight and get them going in the right, the right, down the right path. But, um, w once I, once I got a, I'm going to say a master's degree in how to lead people, mm -hmm. uh, things just started just happening, you know, and, and oftentimes we forget that it, it means a lot 
to use somebody else's brain to help you resolve the issues. So I always say that one brain's as good as one brain, but two brains as good as three. Absolutely. Because, because you can pass back and forth that yeah. come up with the perfect solution. So uh, let me ask you something. Yeah. You know, the, this is knowledge. I believe that comes um, after having so much experience in business. Do you think that you had more of an ego at the beginning and tried to do most things? Because I think that that's one of the pitfalls that leaders have is I can do it better. I can do it best and I can do everything. You know, at the beginning I had, let me say this. I had, I was almost in the same position as I was when I was younger. I had this inferiority complex because I, I didn't, in my mind, I never felt like I deserved something. I always felt like I had to earn something all my life. Yeah. And, uh, and so in the beginning, I thought in order for me to win, I had to work twice as hard as the next guy. And so I would be up at, if the, if the day started when I was in the food business and route sales, if the day started for most at, you know, six, seven in the morning, I started at four. Yeah. Because I, I was, I was, I may not beat you. And I tell people this, I may not beat you in my mind. You will not outwork me. That, yeah. That's in my opinion. If I had an ego about anything, I was going to outwork you. There's right. no way you could ever outwork. But I never really, I mean, everybody has an ego. And I hear people say, well, I don't have an ego. Well, that's bull because everybody has an ego. Yeah. And you need an ego because it, it's, a, it's where the confidence comes from, right? Yeah. But I never really had that ego that said I'm superior to you and I deserve this. I, I just felt like the only way I was going to win in this life was to outwork the next guy because I had this little bit of that inferiority complex. Right. right. Uh, I, I'm, I've never overcome that. I still have it today, but when I come into challenges today, I'm, or I have people that work with me that have challenges, we'll roll my sleeve up. We're going to outwork the challenge. Right. Kind of where I look at it. So never was an ego. Uh, I'm sure in the, in, you know, as I started to grow, I probably along the way felt like I could outdo you and I, I, my confidence started to build, but the only way I felt I ever won was to beat you at the game of work. Yeah. I hear you. Would, so walk us through then, um, what has been, what's it been like building and building and growing and expanding over the years. What do you think it is that like, how, I don't even know where to go with this question. I'm trying to help people who are listening, who let's say are at the beginning stage or even mid stage of leadership. And they're trying to figure out now, okay, it's, it's about making the right decision. Would you say that you made the right decisions along the way, which got you to where you are? Uh, I wish I could say I made all the right decisions. I made a lot of wrong ones that turned into right eventually. Yeah. But, yeah, um, you know, I think if I was, if I went back, if I was someone where I was 30 years ago or 35 years ago, I had a passion. I told you the most valuable asset to me was people. Yeah. And I had a passion of helping people grow. 
and I and I knew that if I could help the people that I su- that supported me grow you know, under me, that that would elevate me. Yeah, that I would have a chance to move forward and move to another position. And and so if if I was there thirty five years ago, I'd do the exact same thing I did, and and I would put so much emphasis on the growth of the people that worked with me. Yeah. And, and try to elevate them because if I can elevate their game, how do we lose? My game gets elevated automatically and the business gets elevated. So today, what I do today is, is I'm constantly trying to grow and groom our team. And, and I, and I try to keep roadblocks out of their way. So I'll give you an example in our property management business, uh, the way we're structured one side of our business works with the owner service side. One side of our business works with the tenant service side because I want them to each on the side that they have to give either the owners or the tenants a voice. Interesting. And and then the two of them come together and resolve any issue that may arise or, you know, um, and if they can't resolve it together, and that's when I come in. So I basically take the, the, the problem that they can't resolve together away. And I take them over and I make a, make a decision and I speak with whatever side it's a tenant or an owner. Yes. And, uh, and that works because it forces them to work together. Yes. Because they, if they bring it to me, I'm quick to tell them, look, if, if the ox isn't in the ditch, don't bring it to me. Y'all go back in the room and figure it out. And since we started doing that hour, and we started doing it about 14 years, 13 years ago, I get called in maybe twice a month. And we have 3,200 properties that we manage. Wow. And uh, and just twice a month, that's kind of small. Um, do you think it could also be that you've done something that most people haven't and you've given both sides a voice? Whereas, uh, it, parts, you know, a lot of the challenges happen when one person or one party feels like they're not being heard. Yeah, no, I, I think that's definitely what it is. I, I'm, I came from a, an older environment, you know, a lot of, a lot of things have happened from the old days when we used to type on carbon paper or with carbon paper between yeah. two pieces of paper. But, um, I was, a I was a, a fan of checks and balances, not in the fashion that one could one up the other one, Yeah, but they had to work together because if they could learn how to work together, then one of them, maybe one of them gets elevated to lead the other one and it's it's usually it it paid big dividends because there was a lot of support as that happened sometimes it did you know there's always the animosity that's in in people's lives but i felt like if we could ever get where we had the check and balance and that forced a a cohesive approach to resolving the day-to-day business operations that we should never we should never lose. We may not always win, but I was very protective of never losing. Right. Do you do you think that you lead that business, the management business, the same way you lead the brokerages that you own? 
I do. The brokerages, the brokerages also have checks and balances in place. And uh, I'm, I'm constantly trying to support the leadership and help them grow. And at the same time, I don't, I've got it to the point now where I don't make the day-to-day decisions that are about the real estate transactions. I spend more of my time operating the business and the backside of the business and the financials and, you know, where do we need to apply the most muscle and win? The day-to-day operations, I'm 100% support of the team that runs it. If I get a call, for instance, from an agent that says, you know, there's an issue, and I immediately direct them back to the to the leadership of the agencies. And sometimes I even say, you know what, let's get them on the phone, or I'll meet with both of you together, but I'm always going to have them in there because, you know, if I start taking the lead and pushing them back, then the folks that are supposed to follow won't follow them. They'll yeah. follow me. You know, you get questions in leadership. You get questions all the time that people will oftentimes leaders will just take charge and resolve the issue. And you just hurt your potential leader that you have in that responsibility yeah. from growing. And so I like to hand the ball to the people that are running it and always have, and I'll never stop that. That's been beneficial. Is it always perfect? Heck no. We, we stumble, but I try to do the same thing. I've got checks and balances in place in that, you know, for instance, when we're cutting commission checks, I have another person that sees everything before it passes through. It's one extra set of eyes. I don't want to, I don't want to make a mistake. Have you, so there, what I hear is you've never really been that controlling person that needed to have control of all the situations like we see many, many times in leadership. No, I haven't. One, you pay people a salary or commission or a 1099 to do a job. Mm -hmm. And if I'm constantly doing the job that I'm wasting money and, and two, I can't look forward if I'm looking in the moment either. And I want them to look forward as well. But if my whole life is looking in the moment, then how do we get where we're going? I'm a big planner. I mean, a big planner. I believe in in putting plans in place, not for next year, but for five years. I live in a five-year planning process. And when this year finishes, I will have added another year to my five-year plan. So I'm always five years out always. Would you mind walking me through that? Because I think so many people are very short-term thinkers, like especially now, you know, with the economy, the way it is, um, many people, and I've noticed this, even when I owned my brokerage, everything was about between, you know, by now and the end of the year. But what about beyond that? You know, what, what skill are you going to have that you can bring into the next year? And it was really hard to get their mindset to shift to something longer term. And I think it's out of fear, but I would love to hear how you came about that. And how is it that you can get your mind to think of that five-year goal? And why do you think so many people can't do it? Well, the way I got started, a a dear friend of mine was a consultant, long-range 
strategic planning consultant and we hired him years and years ago at the food business. And so he's the one that really embedded it, embedded it in my head. But, you know, to, to talk about it in a little, little bit of a simple format, operating a calendar at the end of each week, I have uh, the number for that week. I also have another uh, line item out there. That's a future a year from now. Mm-hmm. What would I like to do in that number next year? Same week. Right. And I'll put a number down. I'll, I'll just put two. I'll have one that's actual and one that's fictitious, let's call it. Mm-hmm. And then when I, as I start to do that, I get down to about October, September, preferably. I've got next year's plan kind of done from just a pure number standpoint, from a top line number standpoint. And I'll take the time to go through those numbers and say, okay, let's look at the expense side of the ledger. Let's think about what the market's doing. Let's add that element in there. Is the market saying that it's going to be down 10%? It's going to be up 10%. I need to add that in. If it says the the number says the market says it's going to be down 10%, then can I hit that? 10% 10% growth or 5% growth or 20% growth, whatever it is, I can, where do I have to invest money? And if I have to invest, where do I find the savings? Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just like operating my checkbook. And here's a, here's an example I, I give, I gave it just last week. When we have those that have children or have nieces and nephews or were a child at yeah. one time, when you're, when, when we have a child, we hold that little baby and, and our mind immediately goes to, oh my gosh, I got to get them ready for, for kindergarten, and grade school, and then high school, and then college, and they're going to get married one day. Yes. And we, and we go through that in our mind in a minute. Yeah. And so we, we begin to plan. Same difference. I'm holding my business like that baby. Yeah. And, and if I'm not planning for where that's going to go, if I don't have that mindset that I'm going to live and die by the moment, I'm going to, I'm basically going to be living in a checkbook. Mm-hmm. And so by laying these plans out, these numbers out, and then taking the time to, to say, okay, what are the factors that are going to challenge us and where do we overcome those? Then I put a, put a year, my first year plan in place. And then, and then I take the time, I, I don't, I'm way ahead of this now, but then I take the time to say, you know, I got this laid out for next year and it is a plan and it is fictitious to some degree. Let me go ahead and jot down growth for the next year. I won't know the factor that's ahead, yeah, but I will know that sometime next year. I will understand market trends and conditions, et cetera, et cetera, what kind of impact that may have. And so now I've got a plan. Now I've got numbers, I've got expenses. They're not perfect. hundred percent. They're wrong. hundred percent. What I see people make a mistake on is once they get a plan and there's a, there's an adjustment or a roadblock occurs, they stop yes. and they try to start a new plan. Yes. Never, ever, ever start, stop. You'll, you'll, you'll never get anywhere. You have to be. You have to be kind of freewheeling so you adjust yeah. and then get back on track. 
think about a pilot, and I talk to Nick McLean about this all the time. When a pilot files his flight plan, yes, he's leaving point A and he's landing at point B, but he may see a thunderstorm brew up. Well, he's got to adjust, yes, to go around that thunderstorm, but he gets right back on track. And that's and I'm a, I use the term fix it on the fly. Yeah. So once you get the plan in place, don't stop because you hit a hit a little barricade. Adjust, fix it on the fly. Don't have a plan B. I don't plan B guy. Yeah. I'm a guy that says, let's adjust because whatever causes us to get off track is something that occurred now, not a year ago. And so whatever it was, whatever we didn't think about, let's overcome it. Let's put the plan back in place to overcome it and then move forward. And once you start this process, once you start thinking about tomorrow and operating today i've never missed a plan in 40 years yeah i didn't have strong plans the first seven or eight but since that time so 32 33 years ago i've had aggressive plans that i've never missed for i've had to adjust but i've never missed one so that's interesting because I think along with that vision that you have and the vision that you need to have, you also have to have the confidence to go along with it and stick to it, like you were saying. And that comes with confidence, I think. And I think maybe that's what's lacking in so many people that they're not confident in the all, their own plan that they've made. You know, I'm going to say, Catherine, it's a little bit bigger than that. They're not confident in themselves. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, it was deeper than that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you're not confident in your abilities, then look at, look at what you accomplished this previous year. And did you ever think 10 years ago that you would have done what you did mm-hmm. and, and don't be afraid to stop and look in the mirror and say, you know, gosh, I, I did more than I thought I would ever do. So yeah. Talk, having confident confidence in your skill is critical. That's not an ego. That's being confident that you have the skill set to overcome the challenges. Look, we have a down year this year. Mm-hmm. I expected it. And so what did I do? I said, okay, let's manage this year's budget by profitability. What do we need to do to bring in the profit so that we can feed the business going forward and we're right on track? Yeah. So you you adjust, you market conditions move. If you're five years out front, you have no idea what's going to happen in five years. Technology alone is going to change it. Laws are going to change it. The idiots we have running our countries are going to change it, you know? Yeah, but true. Yeah, yeah, be willing to adjust and stay on your path. Yeah, and not get thrown off. That's so true. Um, What would you say has been the biggest change that you have made yourself in your businesses as each year has gone by? Where you believe that, you know, you've just, we obviously we become better over time and experience and wisdom. 
What do you think has been the biggest, maybe just improvement in the way that you run your businesses over the years? I think two, I think there's two things. One, I, I, as time has gone forward, I'm, you know, I'm in a different place in my life than a lot, but as time has gone forward, allowing the team more and more freedom to run the business mm. and getting, getting out of their way only if they need me to help them with a, with a buffer. And I would say the second thing for me, and it's kind of common nature for most today, but the second thing for me is I came from a world where everything that, that was about advertising cost you money <laughs> today. Yeah. We have social media, everything, every form of that you can think of that doesn't cost you a penny. Yes. And, and what we need to understand is that's a heck of a reach. Now, how do we utilize it and don't save that money yes. just to reinvest that money in other venues to, to grow. It took a long time to get to a point where I had a world of free advertising available to me just by making a post. Yeah. And, and so don't put that money in the bank. Nothing wrong with it if you do, but redeploy that where you can have a much more rifled approach to your business and, and targeted approach to your business. So those are two things to me that are the big changes in my world is understanding what free advertising looks like. Right. And then, uh, and how to use it. And then secondly is get, getting more and more confidence in my team and getting out of their way. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. big, big, big factors for me. And, you know, it's just like, you were saying just a minute ago about, and, and I've interrupted you and said, you got to have confidence in yourself versus your plan. P- people need to get out of their way of, you know, constantly, oh, well, I didn't hit the number. Let me stop and start again or whatever it may be and get more in the way, in the place of having confidence in their ability. That's what I do with my team. Yes. I have confidence in their ability. But I have to have confidence in my ability to do that first. Mm-hmm. And people need to do that. Have confidence in your ability. Yeah. You're here for a reason. You you made your first sale for a reason. Mm-hmm. And then let me tell you something else that some people overlook. You are a part of an industry, whatever that industry is. Be a good steward of that industry. Share with others. Help others be better. Because if you help others be better, you're raising the bar in your own industry because you get more and more good stewards in your industry and we're going to be better for that. Absolutely. Yep. So I would love to bring this back around because I know I don't want to keep you all day in your car and your microphone. Um, I would love to just end because to me, you know, business is great. And, you know, uh, the profit and the, the everything, it's all great. But to me, if you don't have your health and your mind in the right place, none of it's going to work. It's not going to run properly. So tell me 
what are your go-to strategies and what have they been, or maybe they haven't been and now they are for health? Because I think so many people can get carried away in, in their businesses. I know because I was that person working three jobs, then had a heart attack, then had triple bypass surgery, then had a stroke. I've been there. So I know what it can do, which is why I do things differently now. But I would love to hear from you in business for 40 years. What have you done? Or maybe you're just doing it now because you've learned. Well, first off, I'd like to congratulate you on the great job that you've done. I followed you on Facebook and seen such an incredible improvement. So my hat's off to you. Thanks for leading from the front. Thank you. Some of us. Some of us didn't pay attention to those messages that we got along the way. And I did a lousy job of taking care of myself. And I had a little heart scare about two years, year and a half ago, and uh, had a stint put in. And, you know, it kind of sh shook me a little bit to the point of saying, I better do something. But the thing that shook me the most is my wife looked at me in the hospital room. She gave me a little grit on the teeth and said, you SOB, you better not leave me too soon. Yes. So that was kind of a wake up call to say, get better. So I started improving my exercise regimen. I started improving my eating habits. Yeah. I am a fanatic about food. I, I love, love, I love watching oh. your and what you cook up. It's oh, amazing. I love food. I love to cook it. I love to eat it. I had to learn how to eat a little differently yes. and cook yes. a little differently. And, you know, even though I, I, I make all kinds of dishes that I probably shouldn't eat, I learned how to eat a portion Yes, and not eat all of yes. it, right? So, exactly. I, mm -hmm. so I've I've worked on that. I'm very uh, strict on my start to my day. I'm a, I'm a very early riser. I'm a very faith-based man, so I'm going to hit my knees and say my prayers and, and kind of get my meditation. And I'm going to do my workout. I'm going to make a, have a walk, get a little cardio going. And by the time I'm done, most people are waking up. Right. I get up at three or four and morning and I love it. You know, I love watching the day wake up. You know, maybe it's because of that little scare. It makes you think, boy, what, what, a, what, a, what am I going to miss if yes. I don't take care of myself? There, I, you know? I'm telling so. you, there is a shift in thinking. When you get scared to your core, there is a shift that happens. And all of a sudden, things become, they look different. The very next yeah. day. Yeah, sitting out on my porch and seeing the sun rise, hearing the birds sing, or feeling the cold, crisp air, or whatever it is, and not not having, you know, just being buried and work or yes. just, just that little me time yes. uh, makes my day so much better. I, I am a very, very blessed man, and I didn't. I didn't pay attention to that. And I do now, and I'm so honored to to have these opportunities and to work with the people that I work with and to know the people like yourself that I, I get to know and get to follow, even though we haven't 
actually talk like we are. Trust me, I know your life. I follow you because it's inspiring to me. And it, if we could get more people to open their mind, yes, and and show a little more confidence in their ability, don't be afraid to look in the mirror and tell yourself, yes, hey, today's going to be a great day, and I'm going to be intentional about it. Yeah, I'll do it. One hundred percent. And you know what I have found myself. And I, I, you know, I don't, and I don't try to do it, but I have found even relatives of mine who are much older than me. And I can see that they're going through something. And I just send them a text. I said, listen, you know what? You have put, put so much responsibility on yourself for the world that you don't need to do that. All you yeah. do is manage yourself manage your emotions and everything else will fall into place. And even though they're much older than me, they say, well, why didn't I never think of that? And I said, because no one's ever reminded you of it. Yeah. I, I started a, probably in the past five years, I started, you know, how you, how you go through your day and somebody for some reason pops in your mind. Yeah. Oh yeah. That you know. And, for a long time, I just went, ah, must be some, something up. So about five years ago, when those things happened, I started dropping a note to them. How you doing? And then, you know, it's not always the case, but a lot of times it's like, I really needed that text. Or I really, you don't know what you did for me today. Yes. Let's yes. do more of that, you know? Yes. Life's, life's fun. This is actually how I teach social media to, to the agents or the other people I coach. I say, you know what? Stop trying to become viral. Your daily goal should be to affect one person. That's it. One person is the only person you should be talking to today. And if you can reach one person, you should be so proud of yourself and then move on with your day. That's it. Yeah, 100%. I, I was talking to some folks recently, and they were talking about being on stage. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm scared to death. There'll be 100 people, 500 people there. I don't, I'm like, wait a minute. Why are you talking to 500 people? You talk to people one at a time. They just happen to be in a group. Yes. So look at them. They're like, well, I, I get nervous, and I have to focus on somebody I, I know. And I'm like, well, what about the other 499 people in the room of 500. If you're only looking at one, you know, you're leaving them out. They're not feeling your presence and you're not feeding them. So if you go in and you intentionally have a plan to feed them, they're waiting to be fed. Speak to them one at a time. Yes. But as a group. Yes. So before we end, I would love to highlight the fact that you have written a book. And when is this book coming out? Well, it came out last year. Okay. I have another, I have another book uh, in, in the process now. It's almost okay. done. And, uh, but last year's is uh, was called Behind the Gate. And, yes. Uh, it's stories of, from my childhood, my adulthood, uh, uh, things that happened in my life and what I learned from them and how I applied them. Because, you know, I, over the years, I, and I'm guilty of this too, but I've heard so many people say, you know, I don't know why they're teaching my kid algebra or teaching my kid chemistry. They'll never use it. 
That's incorrect. You will use it. You just don't know when. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. Yeah. And so those stories are things that I learned sometimes the hard way that I did use later in life. So there was a reason I learned. I didn't know then. Yes. Uh, I probably paid a little bit for it, but later in life I did. And so let's just keep up with what you learned throughout your life. Yes. It will come back and you yes. will have a chance to apply it in the future. So knowledge is power. Wisdom is strength. That is so true. And I am going to end with a Samyism that I saw online the other day. And I, I loved it because I think that if more people thought like, remembered this, I'm not going to say thought like this, but remembered this. So this is what you wrote. Don't tell me why you can't show me how you will. This is so true. And, you know, stop saying why, why you can't do something, the excuses. Just say, how will you figure this out? Because everything has a way to figure it out. Like there's everything. And that's what I wish I could get a loudspeaker and tell people, you know, everything there is, everything is figure outable. Basically, you just have to stop and pause for a minute and allow yourself to think it through. Yeah. And don't be afraid to ask somebody for some help. But when people come to me with, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to do this. I have one answer and I will wear it out. It's why? Tell me the why. Yes. Tell me the reason why. Let's overcome the why and you will know how. Yes. Every time. Yes. Every time. Absolutely. Well, we're going to end it there because I think that excellent. is an excellent Samyism. Thank you so much for your time. Um, I've really appreciated this this last hour with you. It's been great. Thank you so much. And what an honor to be on it. Please. Keep leading from the front, showing us how to take better care of ourselves and how to lead. Thank you. Thank you. 